Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, Browns fans, to the OBR Film Breakdown Game Day Edition. We're here. We made it. 2021 football has arrived. Yeah, it's preseason. Yeah, it's missing all of your favorite names for the most part, but it is here. We have something new to talk about, and although the Browns aren't going to be playing their best players, obviously, there are still a ton of intriguing players to watch in this game, especially at positions of need, younger players, and key position battles. We're going to talk about three three specific uh, things I'm queuing in on during this game in just a moment, and we will have our guest on who will be doing similarly for the Jacksonville Jaguars that we will visit with in just a minute. Before we do so, I want to remind you it is a 7 o'clock kick. It is on NFL Network or your local ABC, NBC stations. Look like they might be carrying it for you if you're up in the market. If you are out of market, like I said, NFL Network will carry this thing. The NFL.com app, if you have Game Pass, also carrying it. Uh, Sore subject, NFL Game Pass right now, but they will be carrying it. Um, Otherwise, tune in for our 6 o'clock pregame show on Twitch. Uh, if you are not already part of our OBR Twitch, that is where we will be doing all of our pregame postgame, which we're really excited about. We're going to be expanding this throughout the year. We're starting an hour before this one, so 6 o'clock tonight, join us. We'll start you know, five minutes after the final whistle. We'll jump on and do the postgame show for an hour or so. As we get into the season, we'll be expanding that to do that uh, usually two hours, maybe even three hours, depending on how many of you want to tune in, be interactive, talk about storylines for the game. I think it can be really fun. And then after the game, getting those initial reactions, stock up, stock down from the day, all of that. You will also still, every single morning on game day when you wake up, if you want to get in the mood with your cup of coffee, out doing whatever you do before your Sunday 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, or 8 o'clock kicks, you're going to have this podcast ready for you every single game day morning, which is pretty cool. If you're in the the mood to get ready for Browns games, I'm going to prep you for them. Um... As far as we know, again, it is a game in which the Browns will rest most of their important people. The Jags come into the game as a two-and-a-half point favorite. If you're a betting degenerate, two-and-a-half point favorite. I believe the money line to be sitting at uh, the total over-unders 37. And like I said, Browns are getting two-and-a-half points at a plus-130 mark. Um, if you are interested in betting on the game and putting a little bit of something something into it. This is an interesting game because, as I've said multiple times now, the Browns are resting important people, but the Jaguars are going to go into this thing full full energy, full effort. And that's a big part of why I'm sure Kevin Stefanski and his guys decided that a lot of the key players on the roster would be sitting out, partly because you have one team who's trying to impress a brand new coach, trying to a ton of guys. Like The Browns have a very clear front of the roster. They have fringe positions being fought for, but the front of the roster, like three-fourths of the roster is pretty set. Jacksonville, like half of it is, which means if maybe half, maybe not even half, maybe like 40% of the roster set, they just have a bunch of like fringe NFL guys at some of these positions who are fighting realistically take a role. Like Laquan Treadwell, you know, is a guy who's like a 
fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth wide receiver, but he's the, they're they're fighting for rules. So they're going to send most of their starters out to play, guys who are young, uh, seeking to impress a new coaching staff. We saw what happened with Joe Schober getting traded because he doesn't fit the the new vision of what the Jaguars want to be. So some of those veterans that maybe thought they're safe, like the guys yesterday down by the bank were kind of laughing at me when I mentioned Taven Bryan, but they're pretty clearly turning over a lot of things, trying to create a new culture. The C.J. Henderson news, uh, the corner, for example, like they're clearly out there to win the game tonight and to impress their coach and to start changing the culture. Uh, obviously fighting for roster spots, etc., but they're from a coaching staff perspective, they're putting their best guys out there. They're out to prove they can change the culture, get rid of this 1-15 stink, and, and that leads to their team caring significantly more than the Browns do, who have all of their focus on week one in Kansas City. It's just not a great recipe. So, you know, maybe you play the Giants, they're a little less, after you practice with them, they're a little less, uh, their guys don't care quite as much as Jacksonville's guys here do on the first time they're getting together on the field collectively with the new coach, quarterback, all the above. And then Atlanta will be, you know, resting their guys. It's it's a little more balanced, a little, I guess, the word safer, you know, because if one guy's going a million percent and Cleveland has guys who are just trying to get their first team reps a couple drives, it can lead to injuries, and you don't want that. And I think that's a big reason why they're not playing all of their guys. So uh, I would I go into this game fully expecting Jacksonville to win. The Browns aren't 17 straight preseason wins like Baltimore, who... I don't know, Baltimore clearly cared, whatever. You can make whatever sort of claim you want off that, but Cleveland doesn't care about winning, but they do care in this game about seeing specific players. So where my eyes go, a lot of defense, to be honest with you. The greedy Williams, Greg Newsome dynamic, who can start to separate themselves to be consistently getting snaps? I know Greg Newsome has the ability to jump inside a little bit, aware of that, something to pay attention to if he gets some reps in there. But those guys are fighting for a position, right? That's going to be important. The will linebacker role between Mac Wilson, Jacob Phillips could slide over there. I know he'll play a lot of Mike because Anthony Walker's not playing, but does he slide over there? Uh, does, does Malcolm Smith have a realistic chance to be with the first rotation there? Whatever. Taki Taki will probably get some will reps. Although he'll be a Sam, he'll get will reps. On the defensive line, clearly you're going to have the best two guys on your edges out. Who can step up if Tack McKinley's unable to come back? Can Curtis Weaver show enough? Can Malvo show enough? Can Joe Jackson show enough? We need somebody there, Porter Gustin, to show up and be the third and fourth guys. They need it. Or they're going to have to start flirting with the idea of trading somebody from a position of strength to go get another D-end or prioritize a cut guy at the end of uh, at the end of the preseason when rosters get trimmed down because it's dangerous right now. On the interior, man, great opportunities for Tommy Togiai, Marvin Wilson, Jordan Elliott, um, Sheldon Day. Behind Billings and Jackson, who are your clear starters, those guys have actual opportunities to get significant reps right so the interior defensive line has a chance to really cement some guys as leaders to make the roster because right now outside of the top two i have no clue they only kept four last year they may only keep four this year so that's who's who are the two guys who are going to prove to be those guys right offensively your last kind of of your three main points here i don't know, I, I probably make more than three but whatever is donovan people's jones going to continue to show what he's shown all camp i know he's working with case keenum but can he show what he's been showing all camp can Kadero hodge step up is rashard higgins going to see some snaps and if he does is he going to continue to show the steady the presence that he always brings to the position right harrison bryant going to take some snaps can he continue to show year two progress at a position that desperately needs to show progress right along the interior michael dunn blake hans nick harris 
and Drew Forbes and even Colby Gossett, who's been getting some serious first and not first team, but second team reps. Can those guys show up? And who's going to prove themselves to be worthy? Nick Harris has to show he can anchor the center position if J.C. Treader's out. I think Michael Dunn's the leader in the clubhouse. Drew Forbes only been running third team. Can he impress enough to get off third team? Something very specific to pay attention then to Demetric Felton. Is he going to play significant wide receiver snaps due to Anthony Schwartz's uh, banged-up issue there? Is that where he's going to be aligning most of the time? Because, again, as I've said, I don't love the idea of him being a wide receiver first, running back second. Running back with a wide receiver sprinkle in there every now and again makes the most sense to me. But if he's not getting any running back snaps, then it just might not be a reality for him. So is Dearness Johnson going to get those reps? Need to see Case Keenum be sharp. Would love to see that. But as it sits today... Those are my key focal points. We'll see what the kickers do. Otherwise, some coaches are going to call plays. It should be a fun night. Tune in. Pretty excited about it. Finally get some fresh football, and you know we'll be all over breaking it down at the OBR. We're going to bring on Lori Fitzpatrick from the Touchdown Wire to talk Jags. Let's get over and hear about what the Jags are paying attention to most tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Excited to have uh, Lori Fitzpatrick in. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Thank you so much, Jake. Hey, of course. My pleasure. Big, big fan of your work on Twitter. I think you do great stuff for, for Jacksonville fans. And and uh, we had some guys down by the bank podcast on yesterday, and they talked about a lot of things uh, from their side of things, and more more fan related. I think you do more analysis, which is what this podcast hones in on. So I'm really fascinated by some things going on with Jacksonville as we head into this game, and things that you know, Lori, our fan, our Browns fans can can kind of zone. We can't get the whole landscape of Jacksonville situation, but we can focus in on some things that maybe you are too, as as somebody's breaking this team down uh, really closely. And really, it's just great. This is a Saturday morning release that we get we get real football finally. You know, we get real real actual football which is exciting so um let's let's do this let's talk about three things that you're going to be focusing in on specifically uh from from your perspective three things that you want to see really closely so we'll start whatever is first second or third you fire away and then i kind of want to see what some follow-ups are off of that so go ahead yeah no absolutely first off um it's definitely going to be Trevor Lawrence is my number one because he is going to take some snaps this Saturday. So, uh, and and it's highly anticipated to see what the you know first overall pick and how he's going to do. Uh, you know what what type of throws he's gonna he's gonna have is is it going to be all short uh, timed routes or is he going to get a chance to kind of do any bootleg and roll out of the pocket and and kind of go deep 
uh, so it's it's kind of exciting to see uh, what Trevor Lawrence is, you know, what they're going to throw at him on, you know, this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I remember very vividly Baker's first preseason game as the number one pick and how much excitement was swarming around that. I think they were in New York uh, for that, and it's just really cool to see a guy who you think can change. You know, I know Jacksonville went 1-15, Cleveland was coming off 0-16, and, and everything just feels like it's weighing on this quarterback. And I think that Trevor, it's no, it's no secret, Trevor comes in with a lot more certainty about his future, and I'm not saying that as three years into Baker. Uh, there's no doubt people were still doubting Baker as the number one pick in 2018. I don't think there was any of that going on this year. Has he developed... Let me let me put it this way. How has he been at camp to you? What's the vibe around him? Do you think he is ready to come in and play week one as a starter? Or is this Gardner Minshew maybe thing real? No, he, he is absolutely ready. The Gardner Minshew thing is just something to most likely increase his value. Because I'm sure, you know, the Urban can get something for him. Uh, I, I, I actually hope that Minshew stays on the team. I don't know how keen he is on being the backup. I think he would be great as the backup. Um, but he's a good competitor. Uh, so it's just, it's just something where, you know, Trevor's definitely the guy that is going to have that starting position week one. Uh, I think this is all just, you know, all this talk is just to kind of keep the competitiveness up. Uh, of you know training camp and and kind of keep Trevor on his toes just because you know he is he is a rookie coming in, um, but Trevor is definitely the guy moving forward and, and he's going to be the guy that's going to start week one uh, in training camp. It seemed like he he kind of progressed a little a little slowly, just you know getting used to NFL professional football, right? So he threw some picks early on in camp and and even recently he threw a couple but that's that's the growing pains of of a rookie quarterback so those are actually the things I like to see if if he was just playing perfectly uh, number one I would be scared for that uh, probably because that means that the defense stinks so it kind of tells us that our defense isn't the defense isn't that bad um, but also Trevor is learning because with every mistake you know you learn from it so I kind of like the fact that he had a slow process in learning. And when you do that and then your backup does a little bit better, that's going to push you even further. So I think it's actually pushed him to become an even better player. Uh, so just saying that, I think he is ready. Has he developed any noticeable chemistry? I know G I think DJ Chark's dealing with the, a finger or something like that. How has he been with Marvin Jones, Chanel? Is there like a connection you've seen that has stood out from camp that you guys are excited about seeing uh, potentially form on Saturday? Yeah, I think actually one of the one of the connections that was actually really interesting lately, um, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell and him have had a little bit of a connection there. Uh, so they they picked up Laquan Treadwell a couple weeks ago, and and you see his name a lot, uh, you know, in a seven on sevens and eleven on eleven. Uh, within the training camp, him and Trevor have kind of got a little bond. Uh, and also with uh, James o O'Shaughnessy, the tight end uh, from the last couple years that's been on the Jaguars, uh, Trevor and him have also had some pretty good connections as well. Uh, but overall, with, with Marvin and LaVisca, those are guys that he's definitely building the rapport with. Uh, he's still, you know, we've seen some videos 
with those two guys uh, and their connection uh, with Trevor. But actually, Laquan is is a guy that that's uh, caught a lot of passes uh, in O'Shaughnessy. Those two guys, you know, seems to be the names that stand out the most right now. I would agree. Those are the clips I've seen popping up too. I I, I think tre- the the buzz around Trevor. It's amazing. The buzz around Trevor Lawrence should be the thing. Uh, up here in Ohio, it's Urban Meyer and how Urban handles himself down there, all of that. And maybe that's a point you want to talk about. But there's also the Tim Tebow element. So he, as great as Trevor Lawrence is, as awesome as it is to see the first overall pick get his first snaps in the NFL, there are these other huge parallel storylines, which is just fascinating when you're thinking about the Jaguars uh, with where they're at. Talk, talk to me about number two. Who, what is the second most uh, interesting storyline for you heading into this one? I'm going to say the backfield uh, in James Robinson and Travis Etienne and Carlos Hyde. It's it's pretty interesting to to I'm I'm interested to see how those three are going to work together. Is it going to be like uh, James Robinson one and Carlos Hyde is the bigger back? That's the two, uh, and then Etienne maybe coming out of the backfield with some with some slants or some screens. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing how Urban is going to work with those three uh, backs and uh, how is he going to use ETN. I want to see in this game, in this upcoming preseason game especially, is how many times is ETN going to take the ball from the backfield uh, because there's a lot of mention on that, you know, a lot of talk that he's been taking a lot of reps with the wide receivers. So, is he going to come out of two back sets? Is he going to line up in the slot? Is he going to motion out to the slot, motion out to the outside? Is he going to run bubble screens? You know, who's going to get more touches? Uh, Robinson uh, and, you know, who's going to be that second back? Uh, is it going to be Etienne? Is it going to be Carlos? Um, you know, that's something that uh, I, I want to see what the dynamic is going to be there. And and maybe we're not going to know that right away, especially this first preseason game, but I just want to see what situations uh, this backfield is put in on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. You know, ETN is, is it was such a surprise pick and then pairing him who we know it, you know, ETN is talented. It's, I would, I think it's safe to say that these, this Jacksonville backfield rivals Cleveland is one of the better ones in the NFL. I know, Travis hasn't played a game in the league yet, but there's no denying the talent that he has. And then we saw what James Robinson did. So how clean, how Cleveland, who will probably be down some very important parts of their defense, both by design and both not by design, uh, due to some nagging hamstring issues, how they handle those guys will be an interesting thing to pay attention to from the other side, which is something that I spoke about when I laid out those for, for Cleveland fans just a little bit ago on this pod. But, uh, the, the offense is fast. Is there any defensive storylines you're particularly interested in? Because there's a lot going on over there. We just saw the Joe Schobert trade. Some sort of curious. Uh, well, let's do let's do that, Lori. Let's. What's your opinion on the Joe Schobert trade? And then sort of dive into your third element that you're going to watch. Uh, so I I don't mind the trade honestly. Uh, you know Joe Schobert he he showed up. He did pretty well uh, last season, but he wasn't over the top. You know, it just seemed like he was a typical middle linebacker who stuffed the gaps, who's able to push the, the ball carriers inside into his defensive linemen, uh, or even into the safeties, you know, when the safety stepped up to make the tackles, it didn't seem like he was going overboard with making plays, but he was always kind of there. Uh, so honestly, I don't mind, um, 
him leaving because I think anybody can really fill that role. Uh, you know, he did he did get a, a couple of picks last year, which you know is is pretty good. That's something that you know you love to see from linebackers. Uh, linebackers especially, but I think uh, Damian Wilson is going to be a guy that can step in and, and take that role. Uh, he's from Kansas City. Uh, he, he was he was brought in, and and I, I think um, you know they mentioned the coaching staff in the press conferences have mentioned Wilson more than Joe Schobert. So I actually in my podcast that I have, uh, I actually mentioned that Damian would probably win the role. And then come to find out Joe Schubert got traded. So um, I was actually, you know, not like patting myself on the back, but I was like, oh, okay. Like I read the room well there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So that, like that was cool that that happened. And uh, I just think, you know, Damien kind of fits the scheme better. Um, you know, he's able to kind of drop back. And he, he's he's more of a hard hitter uh, that can kind of push uh, the the ball carrier into the other guys since you're gonna have more guys from the line drop back since they're kind of switching switching it up I think that uh Damien can kind of play that stuffer role better than Joe could have I definitely understand I I was surprised when I you know when the Browns came there the way they were using him the way he was moving I just I didn't really see the fit. I don't know if the fit's right in Pittsburgh either, but I understand both sides taking a risk on it. I don't know, Lori, if I upset uh, your 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 order of things. Maybe Joe was the third uh, talking point. But is there is there any other storylines you're particularly paying attention to? Uh, no, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, you didn't take it. Actually, I've the, there. There's kind of a, I have a two two way tie on that third part of the part of the Jaguars team that that I'm really going to be focused on. It's between the safeties uh, with, you know, Andre Cisco, Jared Wilson, Josh Jones, like who is going to be that, like that hard hitting safety uh, right now, you know, Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Jenkins. He, he's someone that the defense is, was like kind of built around after that trade or after that, uh, free agent pickup. Uh, but I'm excited to see like who's going to be around him to kind of help him out. Who's going to be there. Uh, and, and the other part of the Jaguars that I'm kind of like really interested in seeing is the pressure from the defensive line because they picked up a lot of players, uh, that can, that can kind of, you know, create pressure and, and stuff the middle. Uh, they have Malcolm Brown. They picked up, uh, the, uh, Jay, uh, I, I don't know how to say his name. Tufele. Uh, yeah, Tufele. Yeah, I botched that all draft about. season. That's why I know it so well. Trust me, I got, <laughs> had to get corrected my share of times. We were very interested in him, went the route of Tommy Togi. I mean, I think he's a heck of a young player. Yeah, and I'm excited to see kind of what he can do. Uh, and uh, also, uh, if Clavion Ch- uh, chase on, if he's going to be pushed around like he kind of has been, uh, in in training camp, it's really interesting to see how he's gonna play in this in this quote unquote new defense. And then you have uh, Roy Robertson Harris, who was also a pickup from Chicago. He's huge from you know, and he's gonna be a guy that's gonna play uh, either strong side or you know he's gonna be you know he's gonna be like a run stuffer to kind of. Uh, push any ball carrier towards the middle to and I'm also excited to see Jahi Ward so those are the guys that kind of came in 
Uh, and I'm just interested to see how they do, honestly. So it's it's a tie between the safeties, you know, the, the very back of the secondary of the defense, and then all the way up front, uh, see how that pressure is from the defensive line. Okay, we'll close with this question because I think it's it's a question I had to ask the, the bank guys too, which is, is the Tebow stuff real? Does he have a realistic shot to make this roster? Is it just uh, preseason noise and ticket sales and jersey sales, that kind of fun stuff? Uh, it's it's not looking too good, to be honest. Um, he's not doing anything that is you know eye-popping. He's not making any big plays. He's not... There, there are some drops. You know, he looks kind of stiff. Uh, when he does win a drill, it's it's sloppy. Uh, so I'm not I'm not really sure if he's gonna make it. You know, if if he does somehow and he gets on the practice squad and and something happens with any of the tight ends and he gets a shot, then he'll be a good locker room guy. But I think it's gonna take him another year to even make an impact, honestly. And and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I love Tim Tebow. He's 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 a great you know motivator honestly, um, and I don't know if that's cliche nowadays because you know he's a lot older now you know thirty three I, I think the same age as me <laughs> so uh, yeah I'm not sure how it's gonna work out but I don't know if he's gonna be this year where he's gonna make an impact but I hope I hope yeah I hope he gets some snaps I think I think you know he's a he is a legendary uh, figure uh, especially through the years of my life. I mean, I'm 32. I'm right around the eight. Tim, Tim was the guy and it would be neat to see him get on the field and have some, so whether it's something small or something big, it would be neat to, uh, need to see what is your early vibe. Last question before we go here, what's your early vibe of urban? Do you, do you get a, do you get a, a vibe of long-term picture here? Or is he just, do you think he was brought in to fix the short term and get this thing going in the right direction and pass it off? No, definitely not the latter. Uh, it's something where he wants to build, you know, a, a brand new type of franchise. Honestly, and I think he's, I think he's doing a good job of that right now. He's, I'm not trying to say he's gonna, he's like changing the culture because this whole team was new, really. Like after 2017, uh, you know, the defense is what made the Jaguars back, you know, in 2017. And then they kind of got rid of everyone that was on that defense. And now he's kind of getting rid of the teams that were the team that replaced the 2017. So he's trying to build his own guys. He's not trying to just like, oh, let, let's take the best of what they already had. No, he's getting rid of guys like, you know, every week that isn't, you know, the type of player that he wants and he's bringing in the guys that the type of players that he sees that he's able to convert into, you know, good quality players. Uh, that's just for the team. So I see him something as long term. And, and I think that's the reason why he didn't make as many moves like for a tight end, uh, because I think it's something where he's he's helping out the cap uh, and and he's he's thinking about the long term and the moves that he's going to make and so the the first quarter of the season these first four games you're really going to get a good look on his outlook on on the team and where they're at uh you know very very early on well Lori, this was great we're excited about 
uh, getting some real football tonight. Hopefully both teams have a great game, come out of it healthy, no injuries, nothing that carries into the next week or beyond. That would be the perfect outcome. I know Browns fans appreciate your time and your insight on the on the team you love and cover, so we appreciate it. Thanks again, Lori. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jake. I, uh, you know, I hope I hope I'll be on soon, and uh, we're both excited to see what what our team's gonna do. Okay, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks to Lori Fitzpatrick for joining us, chatting about the Jags. I think you should have, if you're listening to this pod on the regular, you should have a pretty good feel about what specifically Jacksonville's keying in on. Some names should sound familiar when you watch the game tonight. That's kind of what we're trying to do all year when we bring on somebody for the Know Your Foe segment. Just give us. Some things that if a guy pops up, makes a play, you have an idea. Or, hey, I heard on Jake's podcast, the OBR Film Breakdown, I heard that name there, whatever. That's the point. Raise awareness. Talk about the opposing team. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll keep doing that. We'll keep preparing you with all the pertinent information that we know the morning of the game. Always recording these things after midnight, posting them after midnight. So we'll have as much information as possible for your morning coffee and podcast. And that's the goal. You know, things will trickle out during the day, but we'll cover those things as a reminder on our Twitch OBR uh, pregame show. And then we'll talk all about it in the uh, aftermath. And then I'll reprocess the game, write a little bit, and then do my own podcast for your Monday morning pleasure. So thanks for joining us. Hopefully you're as excited as I am to finally be digging into actual games. We'll rewatch it, rewatch it some more. We'll talk about it and you'll never get more comprehensive coverage than you will in the OBR between our post game show and this podcast throughout the week, which will recap both sides of the football. So continue to check us out here at the OBR, check out the pre post game show, subscribe to Twitch, subscribe to this podcast. I appreciate you. I hope you enjoy the game. Hope the Browns come out of it healthy. And as usual, let's go Browns. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com